practically middle-aged. The sheriff calls us outlaws. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to episode 22 of the Extreme Middle-Aged Outlaws podcast. We are taking a break, thankfully, from WCW. Adam's delighted, and we're getting extreme. Last time, you did an awesome impression, Adam. What are we getting? Extreme! Yes! Is that any better? That was better. You've been practising. <laughs> I feel like I've got a bit of a cold. Maybe that helps. Again, one more time. We're getting extreme. Brilliant. Yeah. I should try to have a cold every, what, six weeks or something like that. Mm. Yeah. Four times a year. (laughs) Let me know next time you've got a cold and we could just have a wee telephone call. (laughs) Anyway, for that that, um, Sean Dyke sort of vibe that you've got going on. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, here we are in May. We, I feel like I've been saying we've been in March 1998 for quite some time. We're in May. Um, and we are in Cobb County, Georgia. Did you notice that? I didn't. Did you not? No, we're, we're I just... The home of the big boss, man. Yeah, that's, that, it's the only name that comes to mind. Um <laughs> And uh, yeah, I, I missed that. I didn't know if it was referenced during the show or not, but surely they gave a shout out to him. They, they didn't. It's disgusting, really. Oh. But I tell you what, Adam, and I've just thought this just now, we're in Cobb County, Georgia, Georgia and boy, are we in for some hard times. Because <laughs> yeah. this show sucks balls. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's not their, it's not their best. It's ECW Wrestlepalooza nineteen ninety eight. It's their second pay per view showing of the year. Um, we really enjoyed the last one, um, which I don't remember what it was. I want was it Guilty as Charged? Maybe no, Living Dangerously. Living Dangerously. Yeah, it was a great show. Finished with it was a tag team match. Was the main event, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, and we've got. I mean, we've probably got almost the exact same guys wrestling on this show that we did the last show, but um, we've got some, we've got the tinkering hands of Paul Heyman in here very clearly uh, on the booking and it um, doesn't come off the best for it, does it? Yeah, we've had this before with, certainly with the WCW shows where you get one that you really like and you get the enthusiasm for what's next but uh, this had a little bit of a similar feel because I went into this thinking, this is going to be good. Enjoyed the last one. This will be fun. Um, yeah, it, it's just nowhere near as good as the last one. Um, and it's like you say, there's so many of the same performers on it. Mm. You kind of think to yourself, well, how how did it go so wrong? But I suppose we'll, we might figure that out as we talk through. True, true. Um, cool, so we jump in to our very first match then. Yeah, let's go for it. So we we start off with, with our, our crowd heaters that we had starting off the last one. I think it's a good idea. We start off with the FBI. 
Yeah. Um, we've got little Guido and Tracy Smothers, who's definitely now getting in the top 10 of the greatest wrestlers that we've ever discussed on this podcast. Um, versus the Blue World. Uh, do they call themselves the Blue World, Blue World Order, or is it just a BWO? I just remember hearing BWO. Um, yeah, it's weird with the BWO, because they're kind of referenced as guys that have been around a while in ECW, but not given their chance. I uh-huh. think that's that's kind of referenced. So I wasn't sure if this was their, their first pay-per-view appearance. It seemed like that's what they were trying to get at. Um, yeah. We've got Supernova here, who I've never heard of before. Um, I think he went by Nova, possibly in WCW for a period. Yeah. Uh, and the Blue Mini, of course, JBL's best mate, <laughs> the Blue Mini. I actually thought Supernova might be Stevie Richards for a little while, um, but apparently not. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, just just before we get into the action, classic behaviour. This Tracy Smothers guy's amazing. He just doesn't <laughs> stop moving. It's like it's like they switch him on before he goes out, and he just. I, I like the whole fake Italian stuff, <laughs> and um, and uh, Joy Styles says, "Give me a break, these guys. These guys think an innuendo is an Italian suppository." Which I loved. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 quite cheap, but it is good. It's it's funny. He's I always think he's out there. He's doing the show on his own, and I kind of wonder at times as he tried to keep himself entertained because uh, <laughs> yeah, that that was pretty good. As far as I know, and I've not I've not looked into this a lot, but he was like quite a well thought of wrestler within the NWA promotions. Um, okay earlier on in his career but is this what is this what you become Tracy well <laughs> I quite enjoy it to be honest <laughs> um, so uh, it's, it's a get the crowd going this is like it's almost like a house show um, yeah. match isn't it yeah the the whole you know there's like a dance contest thing going on <laughs> at the start and that that has a very house show feel the to referee it. gets involved in that as well yeah, um, that, I've, I've put in my notes for the ref doing it that his dancing's awesome and it's basically how I dance. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, <sighs> there's there's part of me just thinks, oh, why is this happening? But, you know, it it's the opening match on the card. Um, I think it almost has like a like a dark match feel <laughs> to it. It does. Um, and they're, they're just trying to, I think, get the crowd going and... and uh, entertain people. Um, it's it's probably not going to be the best match you've ever seen in your life, and I think you know just a few elements to to, to keep the entertainment value there. Aye, there, there's a there's a point in time where the referees body slamming people <laughs> is really odd. Never seen anything quite like it. Um, like a wrestling match does break out at some point. Nova hits qu- some quite impressive sort of high flying moves. Um, and the blue mini hits a, a a mini salt, I think they describe it as. He hits a moon salt, which is quite, yeah. Or he doesn't hit it. Yeah, he misses, <laughs> he misses it. it. Yeah. yeah, I was quite impressed with that though. Yeah, um, it was impressive. He was able to go for it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's like there was one thing that surprised me during this early on because the the, the FBI they're, they're kind of hamming things up, you know. And there's a sequence where they basically miss every move they go for. <laughs> But the fans start chanting ECW for that. And I was thinking, is, is this 
is this what the fans want to see here? <laughs> but I mean, they, if they're reacting to it, then all good. You know, that's what you you want is a yeah, reaction. That's it, exactly. Um, there's not really much. There's not really much. To, I think this finishes. Does this finish the same as the last one, or the, the one of the one of the FBI tries to hit another one with that the, the Italian flag that they've got? Yeah, misses hits hits their own guy and yeah. Nova hits some sort of face buster type manoeuvre and, and gets the win for the BWO. Yeah, I think it was um, pretty similar to their last match finish. They're, they're always playing up the fact that there's a little bit of dissension mm-hmm. there uh, and there's a miscommunication and because they're playing these you know, Italians that kind of overreact to everything you're getting quite uh, quite big reactions on the miscommunications and the, the fallout after it and things like that. It doesn't really feel like it's going anywhere too significant in terms of where they're positioned on the card. But uh, yeah, I think it, it's, it's basically just where they're at, really. They're fully blooded Italians. Yeah, they, they certainly are. You get, you get what's being advertised and <laughs> that's more than you can say for a lot of Vince McMahon's productions. So. True. C- congratulations to Blue Mania on making these his um, pay-per-view debut. I, I was struck by how the blue, blue mini looks with his his um, his belly top and his blue hair. <laughs> I feel like that's a gimmick that I'm surprised WWE haven't pulled out now. Like a kind of left-leaning body. Oh, never mind. I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's <laughs> probably quite dangerous territory. So I'm going to move on. We get our second match, the pay-per-view is a continuation of a story that we saw the last time we saw ECW, yeah. um, which is just incredible. And Mikey Whipwreck, uh, just incredible. I had put Mikey Whipwreck out of commission. He'd done a lot of damage to his leg. And uh, at the last pay-per-view we reviewed, just incredible. I want to say he was wrestling Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. And uh, Whipwreck came in and nearly exposed Nicole Bass. Yeah. So, uh, who... who was missing for this pay-per-view. I was pretty disappointed. Replaced with some horrible-looking Ch- um, person. Ch- chastity? Chastity. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, a new one to me. She, she got what was coming to her. <laughs> um, so I, there's a, there's a sort of, they, they tried to build up, build up this sort of heated rivalry for us, which um, I don't know if you were buying or no. Um, <sighs> Mikey Whipwreck kind of plays that underdog type character doesn't he yeah um, I, I quite like what they're showing from the Just Incredible character in that you know he's this guy that was intentionally injuring people to move himself up the card basically um, they do some hints that he is certainly in with the likes of uh, Kevin Nash and he's using the NWO catchphrases. I think that's on the hardcore TV before the pay-per-view. Right. And that's, you know, just getting heat, basically. Um and the you know, at least he, he sort of has a character. He sort of has this heel persona where he will do whatever it takes to to get to where he wants and he believes he should be at the top of the card. Um I didn't have a lot of past knowledge of Mikey Whipwreck. I know kind of the background of him being I think he was like Ring Crew. Or something like that oh, really? when he first joined, and uh, he would, you know, uh, bounce around in the ring and things like that. And I think Paul Heyman ended up using him as a, a jobber. Um, 
and realised he could basically take a beating better than anyone he'd ever seen. <laughs> and that the crowd started sympathising with it. Um, and he'd basically have these matches where he, he had no offensive moves, but the crowd were kind of getting behind him because he was selling his beating so well. And, you know, it's, it's one of those where the comeback's never coming because mm. he's, he's, he's a jobber. Um, and then they started, you know, letting him have little bits and pieces of offense here and there and, and the crowd would go mad for it. Um, just to see him fighting back. And, uh, I think he, you know, he, he became a little bit of a, you know, it would probably never work in ECW, but a little bit of that kind of, you know, underdog hero, um, who was unlikely to ever achieve huge things. Although right. I think he, he did get a push at some point. Right. Um, so yeah, he's, he's basically, um, he's, he's got quite an interesting story. Um, and then he's obviously gone into this situation. Was it a, I don't know if it was a legitimate injury he was coming back from. Um, and, they, you know, they, they've got this heel. They're, they're kind of a good match in that sense because you've got Just Incredible who likes to injure people and is injured Mikey Whipwreck and he's already got that crowd sympathy, uh, element. Yeah. Um, it did feel while I was watching it that Just Incredible maybe could have been used a little higher up the card because mm. he's, he's got quite a lot about him actually. Aye. I think, like, Just Incredible does get there, I think. I think in, in next year, and I think he eventually ends up as a kind of main, your your main ECW champion, doesn't he? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, aye, this is an interesting match. From a, you know, like, in my head, I'd Mikey Whipwreck as a kind of the same size as Spike Dudley, if not smaller type okay. of guy, but these two looked about the same size. Yeah. I was quite surprised by that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he... Certainly, never as small as Spike, and it's maybe just the the kind of role he, he's been in, where he, he has been that guy who's always been the underdog. Aye. So, some of the action in the match, I'm going to jump straight to the um, I'm going to jump straight to the suplex off the guardrail. Okay. How that was? I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah. The, the wee table set up. Um. Justin Credible is on one side the guardrail, Whipwreck climbs up. They give it the heave ho, like one, two, it's still no going, Mikey Whipwreck says fuck it and just pulls him over. It's quite impressive. Yeah, um I was I was watching it thinking, I mean, I've not been that helpful to myself in my notes because I've just wrote Mikey stood in the guardrail and suplex just incredible through a table that had been set up. That was really cool. You know, I'm not I'm not giving myself an awful <laughs> lot of work. Factual with information. <laughs> but uh I do remember thinking oh, how like risky it was and how good timing had to be and all that for it not to go just look a bit stupid. Mm-hmm. Um and it and it didn't. It actually looked pretty good the way the way they executed that. It definitely did. It was one of the ones where they just I like I say, they just go for it. And you think yeah. if he slips on that guardrail or whatever, it's yeah. a disaster. And that look they looked like they're wrestling on concrete floor as well and outside. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've got the blue mats to to cushion the bumps. Yeah, they wouldn't allow that in ECW. Nah. <laughs> um like we get although Whipwreck gets that move in, the rest of the match is basically just incredible. Uh, going to town on him. Yeah. Um until until Mikey gets his massive uh, baby face comeback on the go and they've been or the Joey Styles been 
talking up the whippersnapper. I think he says he beat Stone Cold to win to to take his stunner move. Yeah, did he? Yeah, it's it's something like that that gets said. And I was thinking, wow. <laughs> like I know Austin was in ECW for a while. Yeah, and I actually think they gave him a win over Stone Cold. But right, I don't okay. think it was. I don't think it was for the move. Right, um, okay. But yeah, I, I think they. Because Austin only actually wrestled a few times, I think, in ECW. Uh, he, was just, he was more cutting the promos, wasn't he? Yeah, and I don't think he was, at that point in his career, all that bothered about whether he was going to go there and win matches. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure they gave him the win. But uh, Is it the whippersnapper? Is that what you said they call it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, which is just a, a stunner. Yeah. Um, and we've got the oh, poor Mikey, the, the numbers game. He's just not going to win this one. Um, now, I, no, you're saying poor, poor Mikey Adam, but he hits it on just incredible. Yep, good. Then the the most handsome man in the world, or whatever the hell they're they're billing this Jason guy is, <laughs> he gets in the ring and takes one. Did he need to take Chastity up on the top rope and do it? it yeah, he, he had no choice. Yeah, I, I mean, as far as we know, and as far as he knew, that's a fan that's jumped in the ring because where the hell did she come from? True. It could have been Nicole Bass. Yeah, absolutely. Questionable if Mikey Whipwreck would have got her up there, but that's beside yeah. the point. Yeah. Um, he hits he hits the whippersnapper on Chastity from the top rope, and wouldn't you know it, out of nowhere, just incredible, hits another rip-off of a WWF top guy's finishing move, some sort of spinning tombstone on a yeah. chair. Yeah. And sticks... Mikey away, the crowd are not happy. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, I've written in my notes here that I was really worried on the move that Mikey wasn't going to tuck his head in, and it was just the way it looked. So I'm watching the move, and I'm thinking, for this to be safe, he has to tuck his head in, and it looks like he does it at the very last second. <laughs> um, and I just like got that feeling of, oh no, this this could go very very wrong. Um, it's maybe just the way he does it, you know. But I, I was. I got nervous watching that. Never a fan of that. No. What was that move that Sugar Shame, Shane, was it Vertebreaker? You know, we spoke about it before. Yeah. Where the guy land, basically lands on the back of their neck, but they tuck their heads in. It was horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. yeah. Um, so next up, we get a little sort of, um, sort of cameo appearance from Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten. They appear next to. Joey Styles. I always want to call him Jerry Styles. Joey Styles. Um, <laughs> they start calling out tag team champions, and that's enough for there to be an ECW tag team title match. <laughs> um, we know certainly from the last time that we we've visited ECW that the tag team champions Chris Candido and Lance Storm do not get on with each other. Yeah, uh, they are not fans of one another. Typically, this is all related to Sonny. Um, in some way or another, uh, but Paul Heyman has said that they can they basically kind of screw each other out of losing the titles. Yeah, if they do, whoever's done the screwing will be fired. Yep. Um, so we get Balls and Axel calling them out for a match. Um, Candido does this thing where they come out together, and then he walks back and says, "I want my music played." <laughs> And then does this Candido looks like a badass and then he does that weird strut thing that he does and he just loses all sort of aura that he's got. 
Yeah, there's something about him. See, when he's having a tantrum, which he, you know, he does quite a lot. He oversells his uh-huh. uh, his fury, uh, and it's really funny. It just makes me laugh. <laughs> but he is like this really jacked up. I mean, he's not tall, but he's really jacked up, um, and it it, it it does just kind of lose everything. I don't know if that's intentional, and if it is, they've played it really well. Um, but yeah, is 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 overselling. Um, just uh, it, I find it really entertaining. Um, I actually I always thought I can't remember what the, he was in like a tag team in WWF. Uh, was it like the Body Donners or something like mm-hmm. that? I think you're right. And uh, I just remember thinking that this is just a guy. You know, he's not ever going to be anything, but he, he's got something really entertaining about him. I d- he definitely has. I. D- d- do you know when he died? Like when? When? Did, where did he go after ECW? Do you know? No. Mm, no. I'm not sure. I, I think I'm just gonna have a quick look because otherwise it'll drive me a bit mad. Cool. Okay, so he had a, a little run in WCW, um, year two thousand, oh, and wow. then Independence, and he actually showed up in TNA in two thousand and five. Wow. Um, but he he died in April. 2005. Oh, really? Um, it was, was it him? Was he the guy that died when he, he went on a plane journey and he had a, was it, so he had pneumonia, he had his ID, he got a blood clot. Oh, fucking hell. That's horrible. Yeah. Um, and then he got pneumonia. That was it. So yeah, he'd, he'd flown or something like that, and then became ill after after the flight, and he'd developed a blood clot. Just really sad. Um, Do you know, go on, sorry. Yeah, he's, like I was saying before, he's he's one of these guys that I think maybe ECW was just the right fit for him mm-hmm. at the right time because they were putting him in a fairly prominent role. Um, and kind of letting his his personality be out there. Whereas yep. I think when I'd seen him in WWF, it he didn't really come across as having a personality. Ah, uh, like you say, just a guy. Yeah. I mean, they put him in a team called the Body Donors. But uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I actually got written here. Candido is brilliant in the ring, and then I've wrote all all four actually. Yeah. Um, like unbelievably, this is I've actually written down here. This is the best tag match that we've reviewed in nineteen ninety eight. Okay. Um, don't know if you agree or no. I couldn't actually. I mean, we've been subject to some shite <laughs> with Outlaws versus the Legion of Doom. Although that WrestleMania 14 match was pretty good, the um, dumpster match. Um, yeah, that was good. Yeah. But as far as like a proper in-ring wrestling match, which is not what you expected to get from Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten, this was really good. Yeah, I think when you when you name a team the Hardcore Chair Swinging Freaks. <laughs> It, it, it probably lowers the expectation <laughs> a little bit. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> but no, the, this was good. And it, it had that, you know, there's there's the two teams against each other, but there's the other story of what you know is going on within one of the teams. Yeah. Um, and you're just kind of waiting for the miscommunication or the issue to arise in match. Um, and you know something's going to happen, uh, but you don't know when. And... Uh, I think having that that story element to it, and I don't know, I was thinking back to this, if you're Lance Storm or if you're Chris Candido, if you do get fired, 
you're probably just going to get the, a job at another company. And I was thinking, is that is that a realistic threat from Paul Heyman to be making? But um, <laughs> there is sort of that jeopardy of one guy can't just do something. There has to be a reason behind it and all that. Um, and in-ring was a lot better than I expected when I saw what the matchup was going to be. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I think it's... It's Axel Rotten and Candido that start off in it and just immediately they start one of these, you know, like it's what you, you know, we've talked about before in ECW where you get like a, a Guerrero Benoit or something like that and yeah. they do all this sort of chain wrestling and, and all that. We started off with something like that, it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, it does spill it outside. Axel Rotten, I've got here that he hits a dive over the top rope, but it's more like he just sort of catapults his body mm. and just sees what happens yeah <laughs> uh, but it's quite impressive um, at one point Storm starts uh, doing the old knife edge chops and the, the crowd break into a pretty vocal chant of um, free Ric Flair did you hear that? <laughs> yeah this must be, so I think this is at a time when Flair was being sued by Eric Bischoff for not turning up to an episode of Thunder or something like that yeah um, and they've uh, June throughout this show they keep talking about being in enemy territory um, they're obviously in Atlanta uh, it's in WCW territory so yeah and um, yeah there's more reference made to that later on yeah um, I mean I don't have the, the, the one um, the one I, I know I'm saying it's a really good wrestling match but I didn't actually have that many notes in it but the one big move that I loved in this match, Storm hits a springboard drop kick from one end of the ring to the yeah. other. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, it's really impressive. Uh, he he was always very good in ring. And I, I remember that being a thing. And uh, I don't know if the likes of WWF, WCW didn't really know how to take advantage of that. He was maybe... Because you, you look at certainly a lot of the guys that are in WWF within a couple of years after this. And I think I think we talked about the same thing with the likes of Owen Hart, and I don't think he's on the level of Owen Hart, but he could have gone in the ring and had very good matches with a lot of the guys yep. that are going to become pretty prominent. Um, he was maybe just slight wrong place at the wrong time. Well, I'm just looking at Landstorm's Wikipedia page, because I, I totally agree. And I think he could have got by, you know, like um, on that Broken Skull sessions that um, Austin has with Seth Rollins. Yeah. Um, there's a point in it where he says that he just, he said he would he would get over based on his matches when he went through that period of just wrestling for the Intercontinental title. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't really matter about what's happened storyline or um, personality character-wise. He would get over his matches. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Storm would fit into that sort of role. Yeah, um, I'm just looking at his accolades. He's, he went to WCW in 2000. He won the US title, cruiserweight title, hardcore championship. I don't remember that being WCW. Mm. Um, he was tag team champions with Christian when they were the Americans. Oh yeah, um, and the Americans. The Americans. Uh, Test as well, maybe in that group. And William Regal. <laughs> oh, um, wow. And he was Intercontinental Champion as well during the okay during the so invasion he, angle. He had a, an okay run then. Um, I know he's he's been involved as like a an agent and a trainer and things like that as well. 
Um, but yeah, he, I, I always remember thinking he was good in ring. Um, and at times, you know, the what was his cat? Was it like, if I can be serious for a moment or something? If I can be serious like for a minute, I... Yeah, and that, that kind of worked, you know, because you know that he's not got all of the the verbal uh, charisma and stuff like that. So that that worked, but Aye. it all felt a little bit short-lived. Aye, it definitely did. I'd, li- I'd like to see more, and I'm, I'm enjoying seeing him in mm-hmm. this, um, although it's all very quite story-heavy, but when he's getting a chance to do some of these moves, it's impressive. Yeah, I quite like there's a point in this match where um, Candido's getting a bit frustrated and he gets in the ring, tags Lance Storm's hand and then throws Lance Storm out through the ropes to the floor. And it just, there's little bits like that that just kind of got me. Like I just started laughing when I saw that happen. He climbed in the ring, tagged him on the back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is ECW. Yeah. Um, and a similar thing with the finish. Storm hits that incredible drop kick across the ring. Pins, yep. uh, it pins, uh, p- pins balls Mahoney. He gets the one, two. Candido picks him up, throws him at the <laughs> ring, and then he gets the one, two, three for himself. Yeah. So they retain the titles, um, and we'll see where we'll see where that takes us. Yeah. Uh, quite a good wee wee storyline, a, a little bit not similar to what we had with the Steiners, but a different version of it, I suppose. Yeah, heel version of it. Yeah, definitely one of the uh, better matches on the card. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we mentioned we're in Georgia. Um, and they're talking about being in enemy territory. They take a little bit of time out to uh, give some flowers to some legends. Um, we get a junkyard dog being introduced to the crowd. He's, I, I liked the way that he was uh, working the crowd. No, that's quite good. Yep. Uh, Dirty Dick Slater, who sounds like an EastEnders character. <laughs> it wasn't a name that uh, meant anything to me, I've got to say. Uh, the mass superstar. You up on your mass superstar knowledge, Adam? I'm not. I'm afraid. Are you know? No. I'll, I'll drop some knowledge on you. Then. Uh, I think he was the member of Demolition who then became Repo Man. Ah, okay. Okay. I think that's who that is. Yeah. Uh, and then we got Bullet Bob Armstrong as well, who literally walked down, climbed in the ring, shook hands, and then walked back out again. <laughs> Yeah, but they were, suck it from or something like that. I think the, the, the reference he's got loads of kids that are in wrestling or something like that. Did he? Surely mentioned it, yeah. He's clearly not uh, suffering from the Arms- Armstrong curse. No. Um, unlike his one son that seemed to just get booked against Goldberg every week on Nitro for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, we've just. Given our flowers to our legends, uh, given them the ovation from the crowd, what would you say, from a storyline point of view, is a really good way to follow this up? Um, I, 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 yeah, I mean, it has to be a promo by Shane Douglas. Shitting <laughs> all over <laughs> everything. I mean, oh, this, it felt really weird. This, This is the point where... I wasn't sure exactly what the plan was. Yeah, I mean, they're, they have Shane Douglas come out for a... I think they say it's like a unexpected promo. Or it's supposed to be a surprise promo that he's, he's coming out. He's, um, he's kind of shitting on what, what wrestling is. Uh, 
this was weird and I know he, he's legitimately injured here because he is about to go away right. for a little while um, he's talking about uh, he started when this was a sport not entertainment um, he's talking about the early days when you know real men fought through injuries these days I think he says something like these days a guy stubs a toe and takes time off um, he talks about uh his time in WWF mm-hmm. and Shawn Michaels forfeiting the, was it the Intercontinental title? Yeah, it was after he'd had that, um, you know, there was the barroom brawl he'd had with the, was it Navy Seals or something like that? Yeah. Um, he dropped the title. And he says that's when he knew that that title meant nothing. Um, he, he calls out... I think he never saw like the mid-2010s then. <laughs> Yeah, and the miss he, held it for twenty years. <laughs> he calls out uh, Ric Flair, calling him Dick Flair. Um, although he, he seems to be, I, I was pretty sure you were right in what was going on with Flair and Bischoff. Mm. But he, he talks about Flair. I think the exact words are sucking Bischoff's ass. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. So, oh dear. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's really confusing, right? Because <laughs> at, the, at the at the outset, on sorry, start again on the ECW Hardcore TV before this, they basically dedicate ninety percent of the program to Shane Douglas. They they show the footage of him throwing down the NWA title and denouncing it. Uh, and shooting on Ric Flair again, and basically kicking off ECW as it's then known. Yeah. They start off the programme with another package about Shane Douglas, and then they give him this opportunity, and, you know, they're talking through all these injuries that he's got, and I think you said to me on text, it's like they're trying to build him up to be like this ultimate baby face. Yeah. (laughs) But he's a heel, and he's the leader of the biggest, the big heel faction. Um, They're in Atlanta, or sorry, they're in Georgia, which mm-hmm. is the home of WCW traditionally, and he starts shitting on Flair, and it's really confusing. Yeah, he he actually the the crowd react badly when he uh, starts having a go at Flair, and he says they can boo him all they want. He doesn't like that old son of a bitch, um, and he. I, I am really confused about because it feels like what they've done or what they're doing here and what they're about to do is really stack the deck against him, give him every reason to lose later on, and we'll get into that when we when we come to it later. Um, and as I say, having I'm, I'm not one for going too far with the research, but he's legitimately injured. So after this event, he needs to go away for a little bit because he needs to have a surgery. Um, it feels like they are potentially building them up to say, well, we don't know if and when this guy's coming back. So let's have him go out on a high and then he's just going out and shitting on everything that the crowd loves. <laughs> and and then they have Taz uh, interrupt him and confront him. And and he basically say, you know, he, he, ref- he references what he said about Shawn Michaels giving up the title. He's saying, if you're injured... Give me the title, 
And, you know, like, he's either saying, give me the opportunity to fight for the title or give me the title if you can't defend it. And and Douglas basically shirks his way out of the fight. Mm-hmm. He tries to get out of the fight. Taz slaps on the Taz mission. We get Bam Bam Bigelow, the heater coming out to help him. And Taz, I've got here, Taz seems to have been arrested. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but by gentlemen that, that are just working security in the building. Um, this had Shades of Austin getting arrested multiple times that we've seen before, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's I, I get that you know we'd what by '98, I think you know WWE WWF had fully changed direction. It was more of a you know there's shades of grey. There's no such thing as a completely good person. There's no such thing as a completely bad person. But I mean, the the shades are getting pretty murky here because I have no idea whether Douglas is going into the main event later on as a babyface or as a heel. Um, and I don't really know what Taz is meant to be at this <laughs> point either, um, because all logic would tell you babyface. But, but yeah. then, you know, he's going after an injured guy saying he should just be handed the belt and all that. So I, I don't know. I like Taz's promos. Is it just me or like? So I see Taz now working the AEW. Obviously, he's great on the mic. Um, I think we spoke about him at that last pay per view that we reviewed the ECW one. That he was also great. I remember we spoke about like we never saw this Taz. Yeah. Until he obviously became a caricature from you know like with his New York accent on uh, <laughs> SmackDown commentary. They never really let him cut promos, did they? No, I mean, I remember when he came in, he, he wasn't speaking at all. So he was like, um, when he had his debut against Angle and he went in and choked him out and all that, I, I remember it was very, it was like a all business, um, just go in, get the job done, walk away. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, they, they were going for that kind of character. And it seems like it's, you know, you hear McMahon driving these things at times, like apparently didn't want Austin speaking for, you know, when he was first brought in as ring, the ringmaster or whatever it was, which is why he put Ted DiBiase with him. He's, he's got a few of these calls wrong because um, I would have liked to have heard Taz speak in his WWE run based on some of the stuff we've seen. Uh, me too. I think he could have added quite a bit to his, his character. Aye, just as soon as he opens his mouth, you just, you believe the character. Yeah. Yeah, strange. Anyway, Taz gets Taz gets taken away. Douglas gets helped to the back by his triple threat buddies, um, and and Bam Bam stays in the ring for oh no, <laughs> what can only be described as a masterpiece versus New Jack. <sighs> so we know what we're getting here. <laughs> New Jack. We've got some gangster rap playing in the background. We've got a trash can full of all sorts of variety of weapons and hockey sticks, chairs, a guitar, a, go- a Godzilla action toy. <laughs> um, they start off in the ring. It starts off violent. Um, sooner rather than later, they're out in the crowd. And that is... That is when, yeah. So at some point, New Jack gets busted open the hard way, clearly, yeah. and there's a fuck ton of blood pouring from him. 
he's either banged his head at some point. At one point, he's lying on the floor and Bam Bam's just picking up the the seats that are sat out in the arena and just leathering, like, one after the other, throwing them on top of his face with no sort of regard for how they're landing on him. Yeah. Um, which was pretty messed up. So I don't know if it's oh. there. I don't know if he got slammed. At one point, he's crawling in the crowd. There's kids in the crowd. He's covered in blood. He's walking towards <laughs> them. Must be thinking, what the hell? Um, yeah, so take us through what then transpires. Well, um, I've got some notes about this. So I've got, uh, like, uh, maybe I was too negative going in because my first line of notes is, this is going to be a shit show. Um, and then, uh, uh, so after the weapons have been used, there's a, there's a point where I think... Um, I think New Jack must have got bloodied just as they're maybe going out out of the over the guardrail and things like that. Um and then it, it just proceeds to get worse. Um and he's bleeding more and more and more. Um so I've got uh New Jack being a, a bloody mess. Um and uh, the bit there's I think I messaged you about this in uh, in the week. There's a bit I felt hugely uncomfortable, quite a few bits in this match that I felt hugely uncomfortable about. And you know when you think, well, there was chair shots to the head and all that, and at the time we weren't that bothered, but now looking back we're a bit like, you know, just don't like the way they looked. But New Jack goes up to the bleachers um, and he does not look like he knows where he is at all. Um, and there's a point where he's so his plan is because Bam Bam's down on the ground level and he's going to jump off and, and land on Bam Bam there's a point when I genuinely thought New Jack was just going to fall because he looked so out of it um, and I thought is he you know concussed or something like that but it's, it's probably the kind of thing where the match would now just be stopped because somebody would look and think yeah we actually need to get a doctor to check him Um but Bam Bam does come down and the match continues and all that and he does not look like he has a clue where he is. Um, I just really horrible to watch. Uh, I, I actually wrote, he's either amazing at selling how out of it he is or this just should not be happening. And I, I assume he's, he's not brilliant at selling. It takes him an age to get up there. He's, he's climbing up the stairs on, on his... Uh, hands and feet mm-hmm. um, and Bam Bam Bigelow stood about like looking about and Joey Styles on commentary saying Bam Bam doesn't know where he is he's like you know that way where like uh, when somebody goes to the outside and then somebody bounces off the ropes and the, the person on the outside has to be like looking about for two yeah. seconds Bam Bam's doing that for about up to a minute yeah, as New Jack drags his body up the stairs and then sort of zombie walks along until yeah. he's above him, some person in the crowd offers him a a guitar. Was that Jeff Jarrett up there? Why did he have a guitar in the crowd? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and yeah, he comes. He, he certainly doesn't dive on Bam Bam Bigelow. He, he walks until the ground's no longer underneath yeah. his feet. Yeah. And crashes to the floor. Yeah. And yeah. But, yeah. It does even hit him with the guitar. No, it just kind of. Uh, yeah, I think he Bam Bam kind of tries to manufacture that he did, but yeah, I don't. I don't think he did. 
So Bam, he's lucky he's fighting Bam Bam Bigelow because Bigelow basically picks him up and carries him <laughs> um, to sort of 30 feet they are away from the ring, rolls him up on the stage and carries him to the ring, pins him, and that's it. Yeah. Um, fuck. Yeah, you you uh, gave me some info about this after the event, um, and I can't say it was the most surprising thing <laughs> that I've ever read. Yeah, so it, it said in an interview later on he was quite remorseful about it. I think, um, and he said he was he'd been snorting cocaine, he was high on cocaine during this match, and that's why he, he was a, a lot of the a lot of the. A lot of it was that he was just completely gassed um, by the time he'd even got out to the ring. So, mm. uh, aye. And we'd, you'd kind of thought that, that um, you feel a little bit less for him after, after hearing that information. Yeah, I mean, if you're um, Bam Bam and, I don't know, you become aware or maybe you've seen it in the back before it started and all that, you're probably pretty pissed off. Because mm. the whole, the, the most important thing is that you don't endanger the safety of your opponent. Um, and if a guy's going out there, you know, coked out of his mind, how can he realistically do that? Um, I've no doubt Bam Bam can look after himself. I've always thought, you know, when you, you talk about, um, you know, wrestlers having a, a presence or something like that, like imagine running into that guy at an airport mm. is, is something that's quite often asked. Um, and I always think I would be genuinely scared shitless if I saw Bam Bam Bigelow. <laughs> like he just—he's massive. He's got the head tattoo and all that. He—he he looks like he could take care of himself. Definitely. I think um, I've not looked into it. I'm sure he's been in like shoot fights in Japan and all that sort of stuff. Bam right. Bam. Um, you know, this is the second time we've seen him on ECW pay per view, and I've—I've I've thought he would fit in. In WWF at, at this point in time, <laughs> there must have been a spot in there somewhere for them that, that I don't know. Feel, you know, like they've got quite a depleted uh, roster. Yeah, I think he would have fit in somewhere, but obviously yeah. I, I don't know if he burned his bridges with WWF or whatever. I'd, I'd heard. Um, I'm sure it was Bruce Pritchard speaking about him previously, in that he's one of these guys that everyone. Everyone liked him and all that, but he, he would get to a point where he, I think the phrase was used was that he kind of became his own worst enemy. So he'd be going along well and nicely and everything all good. And then all of a sudden he'd be like, well, why am I at the top of the card? Why am I getting a bigger push? And he'd start questioning everything. And then, you know, it would come to a point where Vince would be like, his contract's coming up, just let him go because yeah, I can't really be bothered with it. Yeah, um, and it is you're you're right. Cause he, he he looks like he he could have had a big role, um, but he's maybe yeah just uh, irritated too many people. Mm. It's a shame. Yeah. So we go from that mess to to the quintessential stud muffin in the ring. <laughs> Your boy, Joel Gerber. Yeah. yeah, we've got. <laughs> The Dudley Boys featuring, uh, I can't remember, Bubba Ray Dudley and, uh, yeah. and Dee Vaughan. We've also got Big Dick Dudley in there and Sign Guy Dudley. Yeah. Oh, right. Um, yeah. They're taking on <clears throat> the team of Sandman and Fuck Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. yeah. Is that his name? 
I think it is. Uh, just <laughs> just double checking. <laughs> he's got a new name after that episode. Of yeah. The, what's it called? He's Dark not, Side of the Ring. Yeah, he's not done himself any favors there. Um, yeah, I I love Joel Gardner's uh, intros and all that, and I, just he always comes up with something that makes me laugh. Um, like he, he describes himself as the innovator of vocabulary going up against the innovator of violence. Um, there's a, you know, a bad joke about the, the ladies call me Flintstone because I make their bedrock <laughs> and, and things like that. But I just, I just find them funny. And then that, those dastardly, I'm going to call them heels, Sandman and Dreamer came out and interrupted him. <sighs> He'd only just got started. I know. And we saw at the last pay per view, and we, I think it was probably the highlight of our our viewing of that pay per view. Is brilliant. He was really funny, wasn't he? Yeah, I, I always wondered if um, Vince McMahon must have thought about the idea of bringing him when they signed the Dudleys, because at the time, you know, they were saying some pretty risky stuff mm. on their own their own uh, programs. And I would have thought Vince would have loved the thought of giving him a mic. <laughs> and and we spoke this last time about Big Dick Dudley. Yeah. That guy's massive. Right. And he can go. Yeah. Well, from the looks of it, I mean, we've seen him do two or three moves, but he looked like he could mm-hmm. go. Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit surprising they only went for the, the duo. I mean, it... It worked out pretty well for all involved. Uh, but yeah, it's surprising. Sandman and Tommy, fuck Tommy Dreamer, take that this is Undertaker levels of entrance time. Yeah. They could get Sandman's this crazy beer swilling, like kendo stick guy smashing. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, we love it because it's extreme and he's hitting his face with a beer cut. We get it. He's fucking shite in the ring, though. Yeah. They're talking about him having a neck injury. The guy looks like he's been in a fucking traffic accident. His <laughs> neck looks fucked. I don't know. Do, do you know if that was legit or... Uh, there there must have been something, I think. I don't know exactly what, but yeah, something didn't look right. His neck was like, like straight as a die. It was really weird. And yeah. The, the Dudleys end up bringing the barricade in, one, one of the barricades into the ring and slamming him on it. And fuck Tommy, Tommy Dreamer, just sort of like, he looks really pissed off and throws it away. Um, Sandman gets... I've never seen a match where somebody's been put on a stretcher. Meanwhile, the match is just going on and people are being thrown about inches away from somebody with a neck injury. <laughs> yeah. That made me laugh. Um, yeah. It was actually Sandman that brought the guardrail into the ring, so... Aye, you, you, you reap what you saw. Absolutely. Um, so, aye, we get Little Spike Dudley coming out to help yeah, there, out Dreamer. There seems to be no... I don't know, I've thought this for a few matches, there's no rules. <laughs> it's just, you know, Sandman's out of commission, so Spike is just allowed to become Tommy Dreamer's new partner. Um I don't know. I just thought it was um, unusual. Remember, this is... You need to do it. This is... Extreme! All sorts can go on. Yeah, fair point. Um, What's the whole Spike Dudley acid gimmick? Like, obviously he's called (laughs) 
little Spike Dudley LSD. He comes. Mm-hmm. He's got the tie dye stuff on. I think his bulldog thing's called the acid drop. What's that all about? Ah, I, I never really joined the dots on that. Um, is it just? I mean, extreme. I, I remember thinking his uh, his outfit was quite something, um, but I never really thought any more about it. And I, I don't know if the the name of the move really caught my ear. So, yeah, I kind of I kind of missed that as a thing. What did they used to call the Dudley Dad when they were? Did they used to when they were in WWF? Did they used to refer to the dad as Big Dick Dudley or old? Oh fuck knows. I'm not sure. I can't remember. I remember they they had. I, I didn't think it was Big Dick, but it, it could have been. Maybe there was a plan at one point, and for, then they for him to come in as the dad. <laughs> I was just going to say maybe maybe he dropped a little spike dirt on his head or something. <laughs> um, yeah, so he comes in and does his Bubba takes a hell of a bump onto the guardrail on, yeah. with one of those bulldogs um, but wouldn't you know it lo and behold that asshole the Sandman returns with a fucking neck brace on <laughs> swinging his cane about like an idiot <laughs> rattles both the Dudleys <laughs> and I think I think they win I yeah I feel like the Dudleys didn't actually win that many matches. Like, it's really weird because they went to WWF and became one of the greatest tag teams we've seen. You know, they were in these matches with mm. two other awesome teams, but they were sort of portrayed as, you know, these guys have won belts all over the place and all that. But, like, watching them in uh, ECW, it kind of feels like they didn't win many matches. Mm. It's strange. Like I, I um, Dreamer and Sandman. I know, like Sandman was massively over with the crowd for the entrance and all that, and he is clearly a guy that it just wouldn't have worked anywhere else. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it didn't because I think he went to WCW for a oh while, and uh, I think just did nothing. And I think they were like, well. No, he can't, he can't do an intro where he's bashing himself in the head with a beer can and bleeding all over the place. Comes out like a fresh orange carton. <laughs> and it's, it's maybe just a, well, if he's not got his intro, that's kind of game over. Yeah, take away the cane and the beer <laughs> and enter Sandman. Oh, no, see how he gets on. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the fact that they just, um, we don't get to hear it now, but they just played whatever music they wanted. They didn't worry about trying to, you know, license it or get approval or anything like that. They, yeah. You know, they're they're playing Metallica. They're, there was another really prominent one that slipped my mind now that someone uh, had. Walk by Pantera. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, they, they, you know, they weren't paying for any of that. They're just playing it. <laughs> see, if we, see if we can slip by with it. Yeah. I mean, we don't, unfortunately, we don't get to hear those entrances on the network. No. We get generic rock song number three, you know, that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, so up until now, this has been fairly mediocre. But we've got what looks on paper to be an absolute barn burner, as GR would say. Uh, coming up next, we've got the ECW World TV Championship between RVD and Sabu. Yeah. You don't need to... Uh, uh, I'll start that again. They they give us a really uh, good TV package on how this has come about, with all the various ways that RVD and Sabu, who are, who have been a tag team, 
who are sort of stable mates with Bill Alfonso, um, their manager, and managing them both. And they've started sort of similar to Candido and Storm. They're working together, but they're kind of feuding, and it's getting breaking down more and more. I particularly like the the match where Sabu was pinning someone on a two count and RVD threw in the threw in the towel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we've got a kind of breakdown in the relationship between them. We've got Bill Alfonso between them, and uh, he's saying that he's going to manage manage both guys. Um. This should have been a really good match, but to me, the, I feel like, again, it's like totally overbooked. Yeah. Um, it went on for probably double the length it probably should have, uh, yeah. in my opinion. It's just overkill. Slap yeah. you in the face with something that you like sort of thing. I, I, I was. This was probably the, the standout uh, when you look at the card. And you're thinking, what am I looking forward to on here? It, it didn't really deliver for me. Um, like you say, a good package setting you up. You know, you didn't need to have uh, have been watching all the hardcore TVs to know where we were. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sort of intrigue of the Bill Alfonso element. Um, and I, I thought, well, these guys, you know, Sabu is ridiculous to watch. He's, he's really entertaining, you know. You, you have no idea what you're going to see. He's going to do something crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, RVD, who was one of my favourite performers to watch, um, really innovative, athletic, um, just had this sort of charisma about him as a performer as well. But yeah, it kind of, I don't know, it kind of fell flat for me, this one. Yeah, me too. Like, I think, I was saying a bit overbooked, like, I think the Alfonso aspect of it, take that away and you would still be looking forward to watching RVDV yeah. Sabu. However, it, it was a, a good wee dynamic to throw in. However, that was completely overplayed. He was in, he was in the sort of um, the shot a lot more than what you needed him to be. The fucking whistling does my boxing, <laughs> but he does that regardless. But the whole thing of him being. You know, I'm I'm going to win regardless because I'm managing both guys. It just comes across as kind of heelish. I don't yeah. really know if that's what what you want from from him. I don't know. Um, there's some good wee bits where, like, you, normally in a match, you would hold up the the chair for for RVD, whereas he pulled mm-hmm. it away when RVD was going to hit Sabu. That sort of thing. Yeah, I think at some point during this match, Sabu is just is just completely gassed and just starts throwing chairs as his yeah. moveset. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, um, I, you know, go, going through the story of the match where they, they initially play it as, you know, RVD doesn't want to have the match. Um, he's, he's basically saying, I'm not really going to fight my partner for your entertainment. He, he wants them to kind of, you know, have a, a draw or mm-hmm. something like that, raise yeah. each other's arms, ref pulls it down, and then uh, Sabu kicks RVD and it's kind of like, okay, so it's Sabu who really wants to have the match, wants to instigate things, wants to uh, beat RVD and uh, take the, the TV title. Um, so it feels like he's the, the, you know, the aggressor and then RVD is forced into a reaction. And that's all fine, but it feels like that took quite a lot of time as well. Yep. Um, there's like a, a few minutes of stalling before anything happens at all 
Um, I had accidentally, and I don't know if this impacted my um, enjoyment of it, but I knew this was ending in a time limit draw oh, before I started watching, and I, I try not to do that. I try not to, you know, look ahead and see. And I can't remember why, but I was just like looking at the Wikipedia page or something for the event, and I saw time limit draw, and then so I'm I'm watching it waiting for it to just go to a time limit draw so that's not the best way to <laughs> to to watch something and try and just take in everything that's going on so i've, I've ruined that a little bit for myself um, here's a tip for listeners if you're ever watching the main event at wrestlemania 12 don't check what happens before you watch it <laughs> yeah I, I mean there's there's some you know, decent moments. Like, I, I actually, as we were going through the match, because much as I knew how it was going to finish, I didn't know how the dynamic between the three was, was going to go mm-hmm. as the match went. And I kept thinking that Alfonso seemed to be favouring Sabu. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, I didn't know whether that was going to go somewhere towards the end, but it, it never <laughs> it really... It was weird, yeah. eh? Yeah. Because I, I that, that became the thing I was waiting for. <laughs> Yeah, like a double so cross think, or something like that. Yeah, um, and something to sort of permanently remove RVD from Alfonso, and then you know you can go where you need to go from then on. But it, it was bubbling, and then nothing really happened. No, no, and like there's with them two, there's going to be amazing moves, and we did get them, but they were kind of sprinkled in between. Yeah not very much going on and, and obviously that if they know they're going 30 minutes and they're padding it out like you said um, at some point at some point Sabu does a Hurricane Rana whilst RVD's on the guardrail yeah. it's just unbelievable yeah. um, we've got tables on the outside the ring Sabu running across bouncing off the top you know like jumping off the top rope onto the table into the crowd on the RVD mm-hmm. um, some great stuff but stick that in a fifteen-minute match, and you know, stick in a twelve-minute match, and you've got match of the night, no problem. Yeah, um, it, it, like it, it felt to me with some of the stuff that we've had before, the Shane Douglas promo, the the legends appreciation. It felt like this pay per view was being stretched out for for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. Um, yeah, I I think I wonder because you know how the hardcore TV show is essentially like highlights from the pay per view. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if they, they they've like got a really good highlights package <laughs> of this match <laughs> rather than actually watching through the match. Man, uh, should just watch the the wee hour show the night after. <laughs> <laughs> might be, it might look like a really good pay per view. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we've obviously we're we're going as we've mentioned to a time limit draw. There, there are some good moves. It's not that you know, it, it's a match where nothing happens. There's there's plenty going on. It just doesn't grab you. Um, and then we've got seemingly they're they're both kicking out of things that you know when they they both look like match ending sequences. Um, but they're they're kicking out. They're trying to I think keep both quite strong. I'm assuming they want to go somewhere with this program um, there's some RVD's moves I always think just look amazing mm-hmm. um, and when you sort of once you get to them in the match you know I, I'm looking thinking oh that, that looked brilliant and all that but yeah it, 
too long. I totally agree with you. And I think they could have had a really good, like, 15-minute match. Yeah. Yeah. The the five-star frog splashy hits uh, on Sabu's, who's on the table, is just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and to your point about beautiful moves, it's a, a monkey flip from the from the turnbuckles yeah. in the middle of the ring on a steel chair. It just looks amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a shame. I was looking forward to it, but it just yeah. did not do what we were hoping it to do. We got, um, when, when the, the bell rings and the time's expired, the, the fans are chanting, we want more. I, I wasn't really with them on that. <laughs> I, I was I was ready to move on. It was weird. Um, we had a similar, obviously we had a similar thing happening uh, AEW just was that just last week the week before where Omega and Brian Danielson went the 30 minute time limit and um, same similar happened in the, I think just before in the Omega Danielson match you had a guy saying 45 seconds left you know like was it Justin Roberts saying 45 seconds left mm-hmm. uh, and you kind of know where it's going Yeah. with this you didn't get that you just get the bell out of nowhere Mm-hmm. And the fans are just left, you know. I, I I wouldn't imagine the fans know how long they've been wrestling or whatever. No, um, and the fans are just left pissed off. It's a really weird way to to do it. Yeah, yeah. So did did you did you have any idea how this was ending as you were watching it? As it was going on, and they were kicking out each other's moves. I kind of had an inkling that they were okay. going to go. And I think I think uh, Styles said something on the commentary. I don't know. I don't know if I had in my head. You know, in WCW, they have the twenty-minute limit limit for the yeah. TV title match. I don't know if I had that in my head, but Styles okay. Styles said something. In commentary, I was like, "All right, okay, we're going to a draw then." Yeah. 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 And then we get our third, fourth, fourth update, just to just to bang you over the head that Shane Douglas is in fact injured. I, I was intrigued by his. Was it a broken palate or a fractured palate? That sounds that sounds sore, Shane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. I think he, I think he, he legit had a couple of injuries, um, and you know, fair play. He's he's. I really assumed <laughs> watching this, <laughs> he's legit injured. He's gonna drop the title. He's going to put up such a valiant fight um, that people can't help but sort of grudgingly respect, uh, despite the fact he's he's been a bit heelish over the last few months. He's been the main heel on the show, but um, there, uh, you know, I, I I had a very specific set in my mind how I thought this was all going to go down, <laughs> and it it didn't go anywhere near where I thought it was going. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got. The ECW World Heavyweight Champion Shane Douglas defend coming out first. That's a pet peeve of mine. Why is the champion coming out first? Yeah. Um, coming out and he's defending his title against Al Snow. Al Snow is ridiculously over, like Austin levels of over mm-hmm. with it's the crazy. ECW ECW crowd. Everybody's got mannequin heads in the crowd and. They're making a really obscene noise. It sounds like a guinea pig or something. It's horrible. <laughs> you, you know, they're banging them together. You get that kind of yeah. plasticky, foamy rubbing noise. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, Snow's entrance is something. 
it's worth watching. I wonder what music it came out to because we didn't obviously didn't get to, to hear it. Yeah, um, it's probably the most impressive thing of the match. To be fair, yeah, yeah. I, I was wondering. Like I've had, I've written in my notes. My God, these heads in the crowd. This is insane, <laughs> and it it is like. It's so funny to think about it, but it is like it's Austin level. Aye, uh, definitely. Crazy, crazy. Definitely. Um, I mean, at some point, obviously the euphoria of Al Snow coming out wears off because at one point he's on his hands and knees taking a move and somebody, somebody throws one in the crowd and it bangs off his head. <laughs> he gets hit, hit, hit in the head by head. Yeah. He gets head from the crowd? Yeah, well. Damn it, that's what I should have said. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have to start over. Damn it. Um, at, at one point when they're starting off, people are just launching them in, in the in the, uh, in the the ring. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, this is... I mean, if if they're really building Shane Douglas up to be that injured, then why do they not just have this as, to be a squash or something? Yeah. Like, have, have Bam Bam and Candido come in and, and hammer Al Snow and squash him and get over and done with it. It's terrible. Yeah. It's no worth I, It's I, I kept thinking, you know, I try to give, because I've seen a lot of good things from Shane Douglas. You know, we've been impressed by him with some of the things we've seen previously. Um, I kind of assume he's pretty limited, given the fact he's he's got these legitimate injuries and maybe they... They can only have a certain style of match. He does take some uh, offensive moves from Al Snow, but one the one thing that kept going through my mind, and you know, especially when we got to the the finish, was what impact is this having on Al Snow? Because you've basically got your champion who's injured, uh, who has been portrayed as the underdog. Not only is he hurt. He's had a beatdown by Taz partway mm. through this card. And Al Snow still doesn't go over. <laughs> so, I mean, is he just no good? <laughs> and he's so over with the crowd mm-hmm. that this is surely the opportunity to crown him as your champion. You've got a ready-made story for when Shane Douglas comes back. He yep. was hurt. Yep. He'd he, he, every reason to have a rematch when he comes back. I just couldn't understand this at all. And and we you and I discussed this before. This is Al Snow's last match. I don't know if he's. I think he's still contracted to WWF, but he's on loan. Right. I think he's on loan at ECW. This is his last match. If that's the case, have him beat Shane Douglas, then have Taz come out and take the title off him. You've got mm-hmm. ready-made storyline for Shane Douglas coming back to to take the yeah. title back off Taz or whatever. And I think we know, you know, certainly through the majority of years, the relationship between. Paul Heyman and Vince McMahon was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I imagine he could have made a phone call and said, look, I know Al Snow's going back to you on this date. I need to put the title on him. Can I, you know, book him for these shows after the event? I don't think Vince McMahon would have batted an eyelid about that. I think, didn't they lend Taz to ECW to take the belt off? Was it Mike Awesome? Mike Awesome, right. Yeah, so they, they could have worked something out, I'm absolutely sure. It sounds like Vince was bankrolling ECW yeah. for quite a long time, so I, 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 I think they were always supportive of ECW being in business. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's odd, Plus isn't it, it? It's really odd. 
it would have been good for Vince as well. I mean, they've just if they announced they've just signed the ECW World Champion, you know, you can work with that. There's yeah. there's things you can do with it. Br- bring him back and give him a job squad gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you want. I wonder if he had the head gimmick before he was in ECW. I don't know enough. I know he was was he not a character called Avatar or something like that? Oh, um, something like that. That rings a bell. Yeah. Avatar. <laughs> Uh, but aye it's not like they're bringing Al Snow back in to go go in with Austin Uh, yeah it's weird it's weird it does feel like Paul Heyman's got Shane Douglas posters on his wall and (laughs) kisses him goodnight because this is this pay-per-view is just built around him Um, unbelievably I've got here poor Francine gets snowplowed the abuse to women on this show is unbelievable (laughs) Um, unbelievably Shane Douglas goes over clean I've not written down how it even finished I've just wrote oh my goodness Douglas that's a clean version Douglas goes over clean I've I've got a few notes go for it we've had Candido and Bam Bam and you know Francine getting involved and then um, you've got that snowplow that you mentioned on Francine Um, Francine there, there's a there's a distraction element. Uh, we've got Douglas hitting a belly to belly suplex on Al Snow That's right. for a for a two count. Joey Styles really sells this. The, <laughs> this yeah, I mean to me it just looked like your your standard belly to belly. Uh, but I it like sounded it was closer like, to the sort of belly to belly for me. It looked pretty devastating. Uh, so it's, it's sold, and I'm I'm thinking, okay, it's coming. Al Snow's going to win because you know he's he's kicked out of the move that normally uh, the champ puts people away with. Yeah. Um, we've got a, a few more bits and pieces from. We've got a high crossbody from Al Snow on Douglas. He rolls through for a pin attempt. Uh, Snowplow by Al Snow, but it's a two count. Um, yeah, we've then got the snowplow on Francine, which you mentioned previously. Uh, Candido taking a hit from head. Um, we've got balls and axle coming out to stop any more interference by uh, Candido and Bam Bam. Um, we've got a sunset flip attempt by Al Snow, but he doesn't hit it right. Shane Douglas sits down on his arms and That's hooks right. the legs for the pin and the win. Um, and then we've got the uh, the ring just filling with heads. Um, we do have a. I can't remember if this was shown on the pay per view or only on the hardcore TV, but we've got uh, Shane Douglas and Al Snow being raised on the shoulders of all the wrestlers and them shaking hands at the end and after the pay per view goes off air. So, so. Yeah, that's in the pay per view. So okay. at some point, the locker room. Um, Begins to sort of stand around the ring in a lumberjack match type yeah, way. That's right. For yeah. some odd reason, there's no sort of any sort of mention as to why that's happened. It's not like this has went thirty minutes or we're in twenty nine minutes and this has been an absolute epic <laughs> Bret Hart versus Owen Hart WrestleMania ten sort of match here. We've got so, but aye, like you say, Shane Douglas gets that sort of cheap pin. Clean pin, um, yeah. and uh, gets the win. All the the ring f- is filled with the ECW roster. I 
don't know if that's because Heyman said they're going to hate Douglas going over here. That ring's going to get littered with those mannequins. Get out there and shield mm. them. Um, like we, I don't know. We've heard in the past, you know, in, in the old territory days when the the big baby face got beat and you got people try to jump the barricade and yeah, I don't know if Heyman's expecting something like that, but. Uh, based on the size of some of the guys that you can see in the front row there, I didn't see them <laughs> getting over the barricade. Like. <laughs> but um, yeah, the the ring is littered with head, as you say, and uh, both men are lifted up on the shoulders like they've been through some sort of epic match. Yeah, that that was the thing that really bugged me because I've I've seen it. You know, it's happened a few times before. Like you you mentioned. Um, WrestleMania 10, the, and it happens when Brett wins the belt, but it's all the baby faces, all the faces that's right. that come out, and there's kind of a reason for it. There's a story reason for it, because you then get Owen looking furious on the ramp, and he's saying, well, I beat him earlier. Mm-hmm. This should be my night. You know, all that kind of thing. I couldn't think of a story reason for this and why it happened, and you, you maybe are supposed to think, oh God, you know, Shane Douglas, he's injured, he's been tazzed, he's <laughs> he's uh, he's managed to fight on valiantly and retain. You've got Al Snow, who's, you know, come so close but failed. But it, none of it, to me, adds up to the locker room emptying out and them lifting them on the shoulders. Um, and I'm not sure about the... All right, if, okay, if Al Snow's leaving, I suppose the, the sort of acknowledgement between the two doesn't really do any harm. But no. it doesn't really do anything, um, and I'd, for me, you want to even if he's going to be not wrestling, and I don't know if he's off TV, Shane Douglas, because you know sometimes guys are having surgeries, but they're still on TV. Yeah. Um, surely you'd want to keep him heel because he's been your your biggest heel on the show. Um, I, I I just couldn't figure any of it out. You also can't turn him face whilst the rest of his faction are behaving nah. like heels the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, doesn't, it doesn't work. Yeah. We'll, see, we'll see where it goes, I suppose, when we pick this up. I think July is the next, July or August is the next uh, pay-per-view, so we'll see where they pick it up. Okay. ECW feels a bit like going to school on a Friday and the, the teacher's going to wheel out the video and the, the TV <laughs> for you. That's what I felt like going into this, and by the end of it, I just felt like it was just another normal day at school. Ah, so you felt like you were going to get an easy time of it. A it was treat. all going to be just fun, enjoyment, and then you realised that maybe it's not that different. Yeah. Uh, I think we're, we're very quickly seeing that perhaps wrestling 1998 was... <laughs> maybe, maybe there are some rose-tinted glasses here, Adam. What do you think? I just think maybe, maybe if I hadn't been like 17, maybe I would have just thought this was all trash. Because <laughs> every, you know, we've, I think, you know, there's probably been more good on the WWE side than mm-hmm. the WCW side. There's yep. been quite a lot of good, but we're very aware the roster's pretty limited. Mm-hmm. Um, the WCW side, we've had like what one good show in three or something like that, which doesn't sound that bad, but some of it's been awful. Mm-hmm. And I knew in ring 
some of the ECW shows weren't going to be the best. But when I'm looking at them, I'm thinking that my favourite match was uh, a tag tag match between what Candido and Storm and uh, what, what what were they called? What was the name of the team? The Hardcore Chair Swinging Freaks. Um, yeah. That maybe that maybe tells its own story. Yeah, I feel like what we're it's funny because when you were the age that we were when these shows were on, the sort of edgy, hardcore element was really cool. Yeah, because it was different. Now you know, like from what we were used to, as far as your Hogan's and Warriors and cartoon yeah. characters, yeah. Um, Suck it and, and all that sort of stuff is cool. Um, now at the age that we're at, like we've been hardcore, hardcore to death. That's since <laughs> really speak, really speak for yourself. Yeah, I hope mum and dad never saw that on the on the TV bill when I was young. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like we've been hit over the head so much with the attitude, the the hardcore, like obviously death matches and all that sort of stuff that we're now craving in-ring, like in-ring technicians like your yeah. Bret Hart's and Benoit's and Angles and Jericho's. And I feel like throughout this sort of 1998 journey that we're on, we're really enjoying those types of wrestlers and those types of matches. Like mm-hmm. we just spoke about Lance Storm, like, like that sort of wrestler. Yeah. I know at, at a point ECW had quite a lot of really skilled technicians you know they they had uh, Benoit and Guerrero at a point uh, I think Dean Malenko might have been there briefly <laughs> I'm sorry uh, they, just you saying skilled technicians all I can think is Sandman standing and his <laughs> neck looking like like something seriously wrong with it he's, he's got a, a cigarette in his mouth he's <laughs> swinging a cane about sorry go no that's alright um <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, Jericho and people like that. And I think there was maybe variety at that point. You know, they would have a couple of them in a match together and that would be your wrestling match. Um, And then when you mix that in with some of the crazy hardcore stuff, maybe it just all becomes a bit more varied and palatable. Um, Whereas when it's, there's like, what, six, seven matches on the card and about five of them, maybe even more, are really over the top in terms of the violence element. It maybe just you kinda of switch off to it and stop finding it interesting. So yeah, I think I think you're you're probably right about that. Because right now, when you first mentioned uh Owen V Brett, I was actually thinking, Oh, I really want to go back and watch Owen V Brett now. Yep. That's that's the match I want to watch just to be such a contrast to what we've watched here. Totally. And I think that's why I've been quite enjoying watching uh, AEW recently because I feel like storyline comes second, and not in all the cases, but in the majority of cases, storyline comes second, in-ring comes first. Um, and with the, the four pay-per-view, is it four pay-per-views a year they're putting yeah. on? Um, yeah. That sort of format, then you get... You know, like TV time, isn't it? Just run-ins and storylines and interviews and, and, and all that sort of stuff. It's You get really good matches on it. Yeah. Um, yeah I think that, that emphasis is almost going back to basics, isn't it? 
Um, yeah, I, I I really like the fact that they've only got the the four pay per views. I mean that that's kind of a game changer because you know you can't. I think I was looking the other day at the network, and I think we're maybe up to the last four WWE pay per views that I haven't watched. Um, oh, right, okay. And they're just constant. You know, they'll be. I think we're on the point of one of the is it the Saudi Arabia um, pay per view. Right. Okay. I think that might be this weekend. But there's so much really? content, Jesus. and it's just not. Well, I, I personally don't consider it worth watching mm-hmm. just now, um, but it doesn't stop them from just churning it out and churning it out and churning it out, and nothing storyline wise feels like it has the chance to breathe and develop over time because you're always they must always just be working to the next pay per view. Like, what's next? Okay, got to quickly put this together and all that, and it's it's almost exhausting as a viewer. Um, I, I'm. Liking the fact that, because I've not been watching AEW TV, I usually have a look and see what the, the results were and things like that, but I do intend to watch the next pay-per-view. Um, and it's far enough away for me to think, well, what could develop then? Well, you, you don't really know. Whereas when there's a pay-per-view every month, or even more frequent at times, you sort of know, right, these guys are going to have another match. And, you know, if, there's something fresh about AEW. Mm-hmm. That WWE just doesn't have. I think even uh, I think you hit the nail on the head as far as oversaturation. Like I think probably the last WWE pay per view that we've even talked about was that last WrestleMania, um, and we were gushing about Roman Reigns at that time. Mm-hmm. And I've not seen, I've certainly not seen a lot between then and now. But from what I have seen, it it, it just seems like on SmackDown it's just Roman Reigns skits or Paul mm-hmm. Heyman or whatever all the time. Yeah. And they're doing the I, I did see a back and forth between him and John Cena when John Cena was back on. And it's all like wink wink for, you know, like uh, what what do they call it? Going through the fourth wall? What was what's the, the phrase? Break, break, breaking break, the fourth break, wall. Breaking the fourth wall and talking about the Bellas and it's just all a bit like, all right. Trying to be edgy but still being PG, and mm-hmm. it's just all. And and you obviously you know that John Cena's only going to be there for a few weeks. He's probably going to wrestle a pay per view, and you'll never hear from him again for a couple of years. And then yeah. I seen Goldberg was on come oh, on Instagram. <laughs> Goldberg and Bobby Lashley were going to be fighting probably oh, for on. the the Saudi Arabia um, pay per view. Oh. I mean, Goldberg must be. <laughs> Mid fifties, yeah, at least. I'm, I'm sure that when he signed a deal, was it not like he does like three matches a year or something? It seems like it's every year for the rest of his life. <laughs> uh, that's I, the new legends contract. <laughs> Wrestle till you're dead. There, there can't be anyone that's wanting to see that now. That's, I mean, he nearly he nearly killed Undertaker, um, and that that kind of should have been it. You know, you just move on from that and you say, right, we're done. We'll keep paying you your Legends deal. We might have you come out and say a few words now and then, but that that's it. That's, that's really odd. Like Even Drew McIntyre, who did a really good job of sort of carrying things, I felt, when 
they they were in that point of the pandemic hitting and going into lockdown and um, I think at that point he'd just taken the belt off he took the belt off Brock Lesnar at Wrestlemania 30 5, 6 36 Mm, Um, he did a really good job with her on their TV programmes I felt, talk at the camera and all that sort of stuff and you see him now and he's he's coming out with a kilt on he's got a giant sword and it's just all like oh man no interest in watching that at all they just <laughs> over egg everything yeah. to the point of like you said oversaturation. I've no idea how we've gotten onto this but I do like it <laughs> yeah. whereas you, you see and it, it could just be that sort of um, the new sort of bias of seeing the likes CM Punk and uh, Brian Danielson now and, and, and Adam Cole and, and it's fresh and you see new people versus uh, new wrestlers and, and and all that sort of stuff. It could just be that. <laughs> but I, I just think there's n- there's literally nothing I don't think a WWE could do, do to sort of stop that momentum. Yeah. Um, I, I don't see me being back as a viewer um, and I don't know what it would take to do that uh, we've talked about you know paper, limited pay-per-views and letting storylines breathe but they're not going to go back mm. there, there kind of is no turning back from where they are no. not with the revenue streams they've got and all that um, and these shows are obviously hugely important to it but yeah it just I don't know it's, it stopped being in any way interesting uh, which is a shame because I, I do worry I'm missing out on some really high quality Roman Reigns stuff but it's probably the only thing I'm missing out on well, I don't know if you, the only thing I've seen recently was Roman Reigns versus Finn Balor, which was the the main event of their most recent pay per view, Extreme Rules. Have you okay. seen any seen any of that? No. They did this really weird thing. So, so Finn Balor's demon character um, is undefeated. You know, like when he taps into that side of things, as Michael Cole likes to say, <laughs> uh, he's undefeated as a demon. So they 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 have the demon challenge for the title. So in, in the build-up package, you've basically got Roman cutting promos and Finn Balor coming out as the demon on SmackDown. So you're kind of removing all sort of that sort of, like the sort of um, the big show uh, dynamic of his character. You're using that for SmackDown mm-hmm. and that. Anyway, they had them, they had them, Go back and forward. You, you never think Roman Reigns is going to drop the title. He's had it for over a year now. They're not going to drop it. He's not going to drop it to Finn Balor. Yeah. Um, they had Roman Reigns down the ground. Balor's on the top rope. They do this big whole cinematic thing where all the lights go down, and is a uh, red smoke starts coming up from the ground, and he's uh, this like dramatic orchestral music's playing and all that and he's standing on the top rope like he's going to do his thing and the, the top rope snaps and he falls off the ropes and, and Roman wins <laughs> Do you think whoever was um, most invested in the, the demon character on the, or the fiend um, behind the scenes in the writers room is just getting a little bit itchy and thinking <laughs> I, I need to get some of my stuff on here again, here we go that's, uh, maybe uh, it's so weird. <laughs> it's almost like they just. They, they, I, I seen something the other day, 
saying that they've started, I think it was Meltzer was saying that they're basically training their audience to enjoy the out of the ring stuff and taking breaks during the matches and coming back during the matches, whereas they won't take any breaks during any sort of promo or backstage or, or anything like that. Mm. It's almost like they're wanting to go into something different and it's always been sports entertainment and all that, but there's there's always also been the sort of there's obviously always been the wrestling aspect to it. Yeah. Um I wonder if the pandemic and cinematic matches and all that's just maybe made you know, like Vince has always said I had this thing about it being an entertainment show and not a wrestling show, I wonder. Yeah, he's always been it's it's like he's a little bit ashamed of the fact that the only real area he's had success uh-huh. has been wrestling. Yeah. But everything else they've done, as far as I'm aware, has kind of lost money. Um, XFL, uh, the movies, all that. So I don't know, maybe just try to improve what you're actually successful at. Um, but I don't know. I mean, the, the cinematic matches, the opportunity was there to do it because they couldn't have a live crowd. That's a workaround, um, basically. Yeah, and that's gone now. We've got live crowds again, so I, I, I don't see how it can work. I, I just want them to stay away from that side of thing. It's, it's peaked, it's gone. Just try and rescue your show. Get back to basics, and people might actually yeah. be entertained by some. Like John Morrison, for example, is a really good wrestler. St- stick him somewhere else, stick him in AW or something like that. Probably be having mm-hmm. really good matches. Yeah. I couldn't tell you the whole time I'd been watching it for that period before. Seen him in a match, yeah. apart from like fucking zombies or whatever it was that <laughs> was on that pay per view that time. Oh dear, that's mad, it's crazy. Yeah, but I will, um, oh, I'm sure we'll get put right back in our box. I was, I was just thinking, we, we've not long been reviewing a show where the Undertaker was shooting lightning bolts at his hands and all that. So. Yeah, fair point. I was just going to say to you, do you know what's next? Because I don't. I do. I'll talk you through it if you like. Excellent. Over the Edge 1998. Okay. Um, We have got a continuation of the McMahon storyline with Austin. Um, Do you remember Briscoe was guest ref and Mr. McMahon? I do. He was guest ref in um, one of those matches. Well... (laughs) We're taking it up a level because Vince is going to be refereeing a match between Austin and Dude Love for okay. the title. Okay. Um, we are going to continue the Rock Farouk feud for the Intercontinental title. We're going to get that match. Okay. Um, what else we got here? DX versus The Nation. Oh, Six okay. man tag team match. I guess we'll have Owen in that match. Yeah. So we're kind of probably getting the shift into DX being faces here, I would guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, WWE honours Mad Dog Vachon and The Crusher. Oh. Obviously just copying ECW. Sounds like it, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) As I like to say, we start with a banger, Adam. LOD 2000 versus the DOA. Now, so if it's LOD 2000, Sonny must still be affiliated with them. Correct. That's fine. That's That's all right. We get the grudge match that we've all been waiting for. Jeff Jarrett versus Steve Blackman. Oh, no, not this Jeff Jarrett. Still, not not this one. <laughs> this oh. one, yeah. Ain't I great? Oh. Mark Merrow versus a mystery opponent. 
Don't know who that could be. Okay. Kai and Tai and Brad. No, Kai and Tai versus Bradshaw and Takamichinoku. Yes. There's, there's a match. I'm in. Because was Takamichinoku in Kai and Tai? Yeah, but there was this whole thing where Sotaka joined WWE first, and then these the the rest of kind well these kind Thai guys turn up and they've got some heat, some history with Taka, so they've been uh, interfering in his matches, and then um, I think Bradshaw bailed them out at one point, so they then started interfering in Bradshaw's matches as well. Um, yeah, Dastardly. Uh, y- y- Yamaguchi son or something like that he's, he's like the the manager guy I'm sure he was the I chop off your pee pee man uh, <laughs> a little bit further down the line excuse me <laughs> do you remember that no <laughs> that clearly not with, that segment with Val Venus <laughs> no but I hope we get to it I, I, I was just thinking is that this year because if we do if it is you're in for a treat oh, amazing they have been teasing Valvinus joining on the the Raws that we've been watching. So yeah, well, the, yeah, there's there's an issue with uh, I think it's the manager's wife and Valvinus, and then uh, he doesn't take too kindly to to this oh dear. situation. Dear yeah. me. And um, what is undoubtedly going to be <laughs> undoubtedly going to be the match of this pay per view: Kane versus Vader, va- mask versus mask match. Oh. Can I wait to see what Vader looks like underneath that mask? What I think that's what. <laughs> see, I, I know you, you've you've been a Vader guy. <laughs> I'm. I, I just don't think I am. I think my favourite version of Vader was when he was the the bully guy's dad in Boy Meets World. <laughs> I th- think think that was yes. that. It's quite a quite a niche reference. I like we that. Are, we we are the the middle aged outlaws, so you know it fits. That's brilliant. Um, yeah, I I don't need to see another Kane and Vader match. Yeah, we've we've had one already, haven't we? Yeah, I think um, at the last pay per view we did, did Vader not make his return at the end of the Inferno match? Oh, aye, that's right. Yeah, so this must be the the kind of payoff for that. Ah, oh, dear, poor Leon. <laughs> we um, there's a really good. Vader match. I want to say it's Halloween Havoc, nineteen eighty seven. Mankind versus Vader. Maybe it's ninety five. Mm-hmm. That's that's his that's his masterpiece. If you want okay. a good Vader match, watch that one. Noted. That's what that's what me and the guys say at the Vader Appreciation Society. <laughs> yeah, it's so only a, a few of you kicking about. Just me. <laughs> so that's what we've got. That sounds all right. Yeah, that sounds fine. I'm I'm glad we're not immediately going back to WCW. I've got a, a wee bit of time to prepare for that. Yeah, I thought I think nah, So so that next pay per view is thirty first of May. So the WCW one probably is before that, but we cannot go back to the WCW. <laughs> is a slamboree maybe? Okay. Um. So yeah, we'll we'll do WWF and then we'll go back to WCW. Cool. So there we go. Another one in the books. We're getting there, Adam. We're not really. We're not even halfway through the year. <laughs> we have to start doing these daily or something. <laughs> yeah, just give up the day job. Do one of these every day and then we can move on. I really want to get to SummerSlam. And, and Survivor Series for that matter. Um, 
I was looking to see when the Brood debut to see if we'd get any Gangrel in his class walk and music. Um, so apparently SummerSlam Edge debut, it makes his, his uh, pay-per-view debut. Oh my God. His pay-per-view debut as a tag team partner for Jacqueline. Okay. Do you remember that? Not really. No. That's still three months away though, so let's not get too excited. I was just thinking, see when you said Survivor Series? Yes, Deadly Game. Is that the Survivor Series? It is, it's the one I'm thinking of, it's the tournament one. Yes. Awesome. I look forward to getting to that. That's one of my favourite events. We'll be there about 2023. Oh, I'm in. Join the Middle East Outlaws in 2023 when we finally (laughs) make it to November 1998. It's going to be our best show ever, we'll so be stay like tuned. wildly depressed <laughs> and just be tearing into Hulk Hogan by that point. It's amazing to think that this is only 1998 and this is really only seen as the point where WCW started going downhill. Like, started, just yeah. very slowly started. There is the part of me that wonders, should, should I just on my own time go back and watch some like 96, 97? Um, and then I got the fear, what, what if it was always a bit rubbish? Or through my eyes now, if it just isn't good? But then there's the other part thinking, it must have been. It must have had something. Until the dangerous know, thinking of them. <laughs> until they oversaturated the NWO and all that. It, it, when it first happened, it, it must have... It must have been amazing. Maybe one day I'll I'll go back and rewatch some of that. Well, you certainly won't be doing that as part of this podcast. I don't do that no. much. No, <laughs> I've just every time I think about WCW in the future, nineteen ninety eight, I just think of the Ultimate Warrior, and it makes me want to <laughs> destroy my laptop. <laughs> the One Warrior Nation, but it can be quite therapeutic to just come on here. <laughs> And talk about everything that was shit. This is true. We had a we had a really good time talking about the disciple. Yeah, last time. So that's true. So that that's the positive spin I'm going to put on it. I like that. I'll I'll take that with me <laughs> as I snuggle into bed tonight and think about <laughs> Jim Helwig. <laughs> Hit us up on Instagram at Outlaws Pod. Follow us and and subscribe to us wherever you get your. Your podcasts, we would, we would love that, wouldn't we, Adam? Absolutely. And we we'll keep giving you some angry men shouting at cloud <laughs> style podcasting uh, until episode twenty three, where we'll be back with WWF. We will see you then. So take care and uh, see you then. Cheers, Adam. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>